Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Surprise Jab Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ruger, surprising you with new topics every single week and jabbing you with your daily dose of UFC. Only one episode this week. That's right. Usually we bump out two. Only one this week. Got a lot going on. There's no UFC this weekend. It's also my 21st this weekend, which is going to be fun. So we decided to just do one episode this week. Do have a lot to cover today, so we'll see how long it takes, but should be a fun one. We're going to be going over UFC Vegas 79. That's right, the fight night between Rafael Fazeev and Matus Gamrat. Recapping all those fights should be very cool. We're also going to be recapping Dana White's Contender Series. Went down last night. A lot of interesting fights from that. Should be good. We're going to also be going over week three of the NFL, previewing week four. A lot of NFL talk. It should be a fun episode. New fights, fantasy performances in football. I mean, what aren't we going to talk about? Surprise topics coming up soon will be all about conspiracies, cults, and secret societies. I just found a new book that's going to be giving us all sorts of goodies that we can talk about. None for today. This is more of a UFC and NFL-centered episode, but for the future should be good. So next week, that is, but... Yeah, I turned 21 Sunday, October 1st. It's crazy. Already turning 21. I I don't know where the time, where did the time go? You know, where did the time go? It's It's been a fun time and should be a fun weekend. Get to see my uh, girlfriend, get to see my parents. Been a while since I've seen either of them. I'm gonna, gonna not drink too much, you know, trying alcohol for the first time since I'm 21, right? Winky face. Uh, but yes, that should be super fun. Let's just, let's just get right into it. We've had a lot of fight announcements since we last talked on um, Thursday, it was, for the last episode. And where do I begin, starting with the fact that December 9th, the UFC is actually going to China. That's right there, having UFC China, Peter Yan versus Song Ye Dong will be headlining. If anyone does not know, Peter Yan is currently ranked number five, and Song Ye Dong is currently ranked number seven in the men's bantamweight division. Going to be a very good contest there. Happy that they're going to China. The December 2nd event, though, this is the one that is rumored to be in Minnesota. I'm starting to doubt it is in Minnesota, judging by how stacked it's become. I mean, Jared Cannonier versus Roman Dolodize was just announced for that card, or it was announced five days ago, but... We haven't talked since then. Jared is currently the number four ranked contender in the middleweight division. Roman is seven. And on also on that card, I mean, what other fights do we have? You have Devis and Figueredo versus Rob Font. You have, oh, there was, there was a couple more that they just announced that I was trying to think of. They announced one more good. Oh, Kelvin Gastelum will be taking on Sean Brady on that card. No idea what... What else they're going to be have going on on that card, but should be good. Andre Arlovsky versus Waldo Cortez Acosta in the men's heavyweight division was just announced for UFC Vegas 83 on January 13th. So your first event of 2024 will be uh, at the Apex on January 13th, which sucks. The Apex events are pretty, pretty bad. Um, 296, though, is not going to be bad. Tony Ferguson versus Patty Pimblett was just announced for that card. That is going to be a massive fight. Possibly the last time we see Tony Ferguson. This is Patty Pimblett's first fight in a year. His big breakout will probably happen if he wins this fight. Very much going to be looking forward to that one. Also on that card, Shavkat Rachmanov. 
the number uh, shotgun's only six in the men's welterweight division. Well, he'll be taking on number seven ranked Wonderboy Thompson, Stephen Thompson. That's going to be a good contest. Also, number 10, Vicente Luque versus number 11, Ian Gary. UFC 296 is stacked. Two title fights, two big uh, welterweight fights. And Patty Pimblett. Who doesn't love a little Patty Pimblett? Gosh, that's... UFC's been going crazy with all the fights they've been dropping lately. The slate is filling up for the end of the year. And I'm here for it, man. I am here for it. Um... I, I will say early predictions for some of those fights. I mean, I'm going with Jared Cannonier over Roman Dolodice easily. I'm going with Sean Brady over Kelvin Gastelum probably. I believe that Patty Pimblett should beat Tony Ferguson. Shavkat should beat Wonderboy. And Ian Gary should beat Vicente Luque. Those are all going to be very entertaining fights, though. Piotr Jan and Sangye Dong, I mean, I gotta go with Sangye Dong. I mean, we're in China, we're probably in Shang-Chi, it's in, uh, Shanghai, sorry. I was thinking of Shang-Chi from the MCU, but hey, you know what? It's the, It's been a crazy year, it's been a very good year, and I think they want to round out these last three months now with some just amazing fights. We don't even have another fight night until October 7th, so we gotta wait a bit, but hey, it's all good with me. It gives me a bit of a break from everything that's been going on in just life in general. I mean, I'm starting a company for a class I have. It's called Evergrowing Co. Make sure um, to check that out on social media. I actually run the social media. How about that? As you figure, I run the social media for a company. Not super fun. It's part of the integrated business experience at uh, my college, Minnesota State University of Mankato. Uh, we're going to be uh, working with a nonprofit called My Place. So make sure to check that out. It helps um, kids who are, um, they don't really have anywhere to go after school. They, or they just need someone to look after them. It helps them. All of our money we make from proceeds will be going to that. So we'll be selling sweatshirts, hats, and I think maybe uh, giving out some stickers, selling a little stickers. All proceeds go to kids in need. So, I mean, definitely, definitely consider donating to that. One thing I will be donating to is my time to watch football. Oh, my gosh, I love my little segues. Um, NFL Week 3. Certainly a very interesting week, per se. A lot of big things went down. I, I don't even know where to begin. Do, do we just start on the first game to kick off and just go from there? I mean, Giants versus 49ers, just typical game. 49ers getting the W. They're still undefeated. Happy for them. We'll get into the big one. The Miami Dolphins blow out the Denver Broncos 70-20. to 20. 70 to 20, an insane performance from the Miami Dolphins. I could not be more happy that they got it done. Actually, I don't know why I'm saying I care if they get done. I think it was just more entertaining to watch them get it done. I mean, top fantasy performer Devin Achani gets 51 points, Raheem Mostert 45 points, Tyreek Hill had 30 points. The Dolphins were going off. It was incredible. I was happy. It was it was fun to watch. I I will say that the Patriots Jets game, another boring uh, affair. Jets just look terrible. They're in dismay. I don't know what to s- what more to say about that. Texans Jaguars Texans beating the Jaguars certainly very shocking. Did not see that one coming. Texans look very good. C.J. Stroud now top five in the league in passing yards through the first three weeks of the NFL. Heck, if I'll if I'll be darned, he's. He might win Rookie of the Year. I mean, Bryce Young, 
injured at the moment. We'll see if Bryce returns. But C.J. Stroud taking over in Houston. The uh, Texans picking up their first win. Titans and Browns, a boring game. Titans, Derrick Henry getting nothing going. Mari Cooper was looking pretty good in that game. Dropped 24 fantasy points. But, yeah, just another boring game. I mean, kind of the, of the highs and lows of the week. Probably a low. Falcons-Lions. Don't really know what happened here much. I know the Lions picked up the win. Um, good, good win for them overall. But just, just nothing. Just nothing happening in some of these games that's really memorable. You know, 20-6 um, to six for the Lions. Uh, Packers over the Saints, 18-17. to 17. Good, good win for them. Uh, comeback win. But uh, sad for me as a NFC uh, <laughs> North uh, rival, I'd say. A rival Minnesota Vikings. Bills blow out the Commanders, 37-3. I mean, my goodness. Good game for... Uh, Oh, my gosh, the defense. The defense. There was one player who had just an incredible, incredible performance. I can't even recall who it was. Let me try and uh, find his name on the defense. Ah, it was Terrell Bernard. Five tackles, two uh, two sacks, and an interception. Good job for him. Stefan Diggs, 111 yards on eight receptions. Impressive. Josh Allen, 218 yards, a pick, and a touchdown. So, yeah, it was more of a defensive battle now that I'm looking <laughs> at it. Chargers and Vikings, all right, that was my, um, yeah, Chargers beat the Vikings. I don't know what's going on with my Minnesota Vikings. It's been less than ideal to start the season 0-3, but we'll bounce back, all right? I know everyone's hating on us, saying we, we're done for, we need to trade Kirk Cousins. First off, Kirk Cousins is not the issue. I mean, he is, he performed great, 367 yards, three touchdowns, threw one pick under awkward circumstances. I'm not going to knock him. Alexander Masson. 93 yards. Ty Chandler had 27 yards. Justin Jefferson, though, I mean, 149 yards and a touchdown on seven receptions. He went off. TJ Hawkinson, 78 yards on eight receptions. Even Jordan Addison, six receptions, 52 yards. Getting it done. And KJ Osborne had one catch for 36 yards to get a touchdown. But yet again, we lose. It's it's unfortunate. But when we, when we speak about week four in a moment, I'm just going to let you know we'll be back and we'll be ready to take over. What are we moving into next? Was that Did that round out our 12 o'clock game slate? No, we also had the Ravens and the Colts. Colts winning in overtime. Cannot believe the Ravens fell apart like that. Certainly catching me off guard. I, uh, You know, Lamar performed very well. So it's, it's a bit confusing how they fell off, but they did. It's a uh, rough start for the Ravens to kick off the season despite being... Uh, what are they two? Are they two and one? I believe they're two and one, but just Lamar, just he's had some good moments, but really needs to work on his finishing abilities, especially for this team if they're going to be moving forward into the playoffs. And they're saying Lamar should win MVP, not yet. Panthers and Seahawks. Seahawks get it done over the Panthers. Uh, just um, another typical win. It's not a typical win. It was a close battle. Kenneth Walker exploding on them. He had like uh, two touchdowns, almost 100 yards receiving and rushing. Seahawks getting it done. Bears and Chiefs, I mean, oh my gosh. If you thought that Broncos versus Dolphins game was bad, this game was equally as bad, and they didn't even lose by that much. Chiefs blow out the Bears. What was it, 41-10 to 10 or something? 41-3, to 3, I have no idea. It was so boring. 
Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, the talk of the NFL. Uh, I could care less about that personally. Personally, I could care less about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, but it gives some some entertainment, I suppose. Uh, yeah, just Chiefs are. It's more the Bears are bad. The Bears are bad, but they'll have a chance to get out of this 0-3 slump. And I think they've lost their last 13 games or something. It's been nuts. Upset of the week as the Cardinals beat the Cowboys in Arizona. I have no idea. Dak Prescott could not get it done, could not finish. Tony Pollard couldn't finish. Josh Dobbs getting the Cardinals their first win of the season. I cannot believe that the Cardinals have a better record than the Vikings. That really does upset me. It doesn't even make sense when you think about it. The Cardinals are supposed to be tanking, but no, no, they're not. They're going out and knocking off the Cowboys. It's certainly a good win for the Cardinals. Steelers beat the Raiders on uh, Sunday Night Football. Good win for Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. The boys getting it done. Actually, Calvin Austin the third, having one good touchdown run. That boy is fast. I mean, I haven't even heard about him before that. Raiders, man, they look rough. Devontae Adams, though, dropping 42 fantasy points did not look rough. rest of the team really needs to figure out what's going on. Monday night slate, Eagles beat the Buccaneers. Typical Eagles win. Get it done. Jalen Hurts, stay good. Devontae Smith didn't really do a lot. It was more A.J. Brown. DeAndre Swift having an okay game. I mean, just typical. Jalen Hurts leading the drives, getting it done. Boom. Rams and Bengals ending our slate. Bengals getting their first win of the year. Surprising me. Very surprising. Um, I, I certainly don't, don't really have any aspirations for either of these teams the rest of the year. I just want to see Cooper Cup back out there. Good. Because uh, that would very much help me in my quest for fantasy victory i did go three and one i went three and one this week i'm pretty sure i won in my random league to move to three and oh um where i'm the commissioner i won in my cato league getting my first win of the year having a historic performance with raheem mostert and um actually didn't even have raheem i i think i had sam laporta justin herbert tyree kill i don't know i had a really good team in that league and in my uh, $20 10-man league, wow, getting my first win of the year. But in my family man, in my family six-man all-star league, 0-3 now. Team needs some help, clearly. Not looking too hot at all. But I saw if you had, I think it was Justin Herbert, Devin Achani, Raheem Mostert, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Sam Laporta, and like one other player, you would have had like 323 fancy points. Oh, the Bills D. And Matt Gay, kicker for the Colts, 24 fantasy points. Incredible performance from him. Good good job for Matt Gay. I mean, talking about turning a career around with a bad team. Um, as far as picks-wise go, my dad won picks. He picked 12 of 16 games correctly. I go 10 for 16. So, I mean, I guess 10 for 6, but, you know, 10 out of 16 correctly. Heading into next week, I mean, here are the current standings for the AFC and the NFC. It's it's certainly certainly interesting to always look at the rankings at the end of each week. Um, three weeks down, we only have uh, three undefeated teams, I believe, and I believe we have four teams without a win. So Dolphins being one of those teams, they have 130 points, 471 against. Incredible stuff from them. They've got the Bills on their end, 2-1. to one. Pats and Jets at 1-2. and two. Tough luck for both those teams. Steelers actually currently ahead on the AFC North. Probably should be the Ravens, but <laughs> I think it, it might be alphabetical because the Steelers, despite having two wins, have 56 points for 70 points against. Ugh. Ravens, 2-1, 71 points for 55 points against. So good for them. 
And the Browns at 2-1 and one have only let up 32 points all year. Hmm, not too bad through the first three weeks. Best in the AFC, I'm pretty sure. Browns D looking good. AFC South, Colts ahead 2-1, um, to one, but Texans, Jags, and Titans both 1-2. and two. All those teams getting outscored, which is pretty tough. Colts on a little two-game win streak, catching people off guard. In the AFC West, of course, Broncos 0-3, 69 points for 122 points against. It's been brutal. Chargers posting an impressive 86 points for 87 points against at a record of 1-2. and two. Raiders also 1-2. Chiefs, of course, on top at 2-1. Two to one. Heading over to the NFC. I mean, Eagles, second 3-0 team, looking good. Jalen Hurts putting on another excellent performance this week. Cowboys 2-1, Commanders 2-1, Giants 1-2. Giants look atrocious. They've given up 98 points against only 43 points for very pitiful points. In the NFC North, wow, Packers ahead of the Lions. They're both 2-1, though. Vikings and Bears 0-3 each. Bears giving up 106 points. Brutal stuff for Bears fans. Still tougher Vikings fans. NFC South, I mean, Falcons, Saints, and Bucks all 2-1. It's just the Panthers at 0-3 who can't get a win. They won't get a win next week, I'll tell you that. All right, let's round this out. NFC West, 49ers, 3-0. I mean, they've put up 90 points, allowed 42. They're looking good. Seahawks, 2-1. Rams and Cardinals, both 1-2. Cardinals are 1-2, but have 72 points for 67 points against. They're a very talented team. And, um, yeah, week three had its moments. I'll say best team. Was definitely the Dolphins. I mean, you gotta give the Dolphins props. They put up 70 points. That is unheard of. I don't know if I'll see that again in my lifetime. Uh, but certainly good stuff from them. I'll say best QB performance, definitely Justin Herbert. Best defense performance, obviously the Bills. And uh, man, game of the week. Gotta be that Vikings Chargers game. I mean, every Vikings game comes down to the final fourth quarter, final moments of the game. We just can never get it done. It really sucks. It really sucks. I do not understand how we can never finish a freaking game. I mean, it just it gets to a point where I'm like, do I bandwagon? Do I switch teams? I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore with my team, my boys. It's um, it's it's, it's awkward. It's awkward when your team is freaking zero and three, and you're saying they're supposed to be the best. I think I feel we are way better than an zero and three team. I just know that we seem to find our groove. We can rally, sneak into the playoffs, win the Super Bowl. Hope is not lost, guys. Do not lose hope for your team. Um, should we drop week four NFL predictions, or should I go over Dana White's contender series? I think we're going to go over Dana White's contender series. Then we'll do week four predictions. Then we'll recap UFC Vegas 79. Sounds good to me. But yeah, season seven, episode eight went down last night. Good night of fights. We had two finishes, one DQ. And uh, a lot of people got contracts. We had one, two, three, four, five, six people getting contracts. And I bet you could, if you may be thinking, oh, I'm sure out of five fights, six fighters got it. Um, so one one fight, two people got it. No, in two different fights, both competitors got contracts. We'll talk about them in a second. Let's get into our first fight of the night. Vincius Oliveira versus Victor Madrigal. Vincius is 19-3 uh, and three now, following his big round one knockout of Victor Magredal. I mean, I didn't cover this on the last episode since, I mean, the, I, just, I just didn't cover the last Dana White's Contender Series, so there's, I don't really know too much about these fighters. All I know is Vincius has finished, like, 
14 of his 19 victories now. Looked great in this fight. Outstruck him 29-7. to Just over three minutes in. Gets the knockout. And Dana White gives him the contract. He was very high on him. Very hyped about him. He was saying he's probably going to be on Sports Center's Top 10 plays. So I wonder if he made it. Good stuff from Vinches Olvera. Welcome to the Bandweight division. Bandweight. So loaded. Next up, we had a woman's flyweight bout between Ernesta Caricate and Carly Crispy Judas. What a nickname. Um, Carly, um, who, who won this bout? Who won this bout? Um, Ernesta Caricate winning by split decision. Apparently, this was an absolute barn burner. I mean, here's the total strikes. 180 total strikes to 208 in favor of Ernesta. 168 significant strikes to 184 in favor of Ernesta. Um, round one, I mean, Carly landed 60 significant strikes over Ernesta. Uh, round two, Ernesta lands 55 to outstrike Carly. And round number three, Ernesta outstriking Carly 70 to 62. Dana said both these women looked amazing. He said they fought like dudes. He meant it in a nice way. It just sounded funny. Um, but yeah, they both get contracts. Dana was super impressed with what he saw from them. Definitely going to have to go back and rewatch this fight. He says one of the best fights he's ever seen on the Contender Series. Ernesta... Karakate and Carly Judas, welcome to the women's flyweight division. We will have you, happily have you, in the uh, division. However you want to phrase it. Have you in the company. Welcome to the UFC, ladies. And if you thought that it couldn't be topped with both women getting a contract, it was topped again as Danny El Puma Silva took on Angel Pacheco. Wow. Pacheco. Um, Danny getting the unanimous decision victory here are totals from the fight 204 significant strikes to um, wow 204 significant strikes for Danny Silva and a knockdown Angel had 197 significant strikes total strikes 213 to 204 in favor of Danny Danny also landed two takedowns per round Danny actually dropped Angel in round one despite being outstruck round two 78 significant strikes 71 is crazy he outstruck him, but Dana was impressed with both of them, giving them both a contract. So good for them there in the featherweight division. Man, I mean, just your fight must have been good. They both got sent to the hospital, I'm pretty sure. Going to be an interesting one. Dana said this is one of the best fights he's ever seen in the Contender Series history. So i love to see it. And, of course, I missed the, a good night like this. I was busy doing a little DoorDash, doing a little gymming. Just out exploring, man. Always, I don't know. The vibes have been really weird lately. I can't even explain. Someone's been in the air. Some big's coming my way. I can feel it. Heading into the fourth fight of the night, um, an absolute terrible fight from Dana White. He literally said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. I mean, we had, this was a heavyweight bout in the Colmain, if you want to call it that, between Mario Pizan and Alexander Soldakin. To give you a bit of perspective, <laughs> heading into the final round of the fight, because this fight got stopped by DQ 20 seconds into round number three. Um, here are the fight totals. Mario, 14 significant strikes to 12. Total strikes, 20-17. 13 for 26 on takedowns. I mean, this was just Mario landing takedowns over and over again. Eventually, he hit um, Solodikov with a, a knee to the head, which did not look like an illegal knee, but apparently it was. Uh, the judge stopped, uh, um, the ref stopped it. I recognize the ref. I cannot remember his name, though. And just, ugh, just a gross stoppage, gross DQ. Clearly playing like an actor. I mean, Dana White was not happy whatsoever. I mean, you can just tell the visual 
the this uh displeasure on his face so that neither of those guys even get mentioned they weren't even on the podium you know like the what's well, not, not the podium they weren't sitting in like the director's cut type chairs you know when they go and like tell them like hey get over your kid no dana white was not happy worst fight in contender series history he said and then we got into the main event and it ended with a bang as danny barlow knocked out raheem rambo forrest in a minute and 19 seconds. This, he called it the left hand from God. Danny's nickname is left hand to God. I have no idea what that means. I hope he likes God. I hope he's a good Christian man. But wowza. Just landing big body shots. Big shots that ahead. Danny Barlow in the welterweight division. Welcome. And Dana was all hype about him. He said he had this fire in him. He can't wait to see him in the UFC. And Dana was loving him. Dana was loving him. And uh, honestly, he was, he's super confident. Super uh I would say I'd say confidence word. I was gonna say cocky, but nah, he was showing that confidence, which you love to see. And yeah, that was the um that was Daylight's Contender series. I didn't really catch it. I caught a couple moments, but I'm trying to think. I think I was at the gym a majority of the time. Before that I'd been like working on projects. So just let you remember that sometimes watching sports and watching UFC and just watching stuff in general is not as important as working on school. Well, how about a little life advice from Zachary? How about that on this episode of the Surprise Jet Podcast? So, yeah, Vince, Vincius Oliveira getting a contract, Ernesta Caracate and Carly Judice getting contracts, Danny Silva and Angel Pacheco getting contracts, and Danny Barlow getting contracts. Good for them. Very good for them. Happy, I'm always happy when people get contracts. You know, it just kind of brings joy to you, um... Because, like, these people, these athletes, I should say, truly give, like, their lives to the sport. I mean, they they don't really have much else. I mean, you see them sleeping in gyms, sleeping in their cars. It's admirable. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's just, uh, it's not for me. You know, I like watching, but I'm not going to become a fighter. That's for certain. Next weekend, or not next weekend, next Tuesday, here's the current card. You know, I figured we might as well mention it. I don't really, we'll, we'll review it next Tuesday, but, or Monday, actually, next episode. We have a Davey Bittencourt taking on Lucas Rocha in the flyweight division, okay? We have Mauricio Ruffy taking on, oh, boys, Ramond Magomedadilov. <laughs> he sounds fun. In the light heavyweight division, we have Jose Medina. I got another one for you. Magomed Gaziyasulov. Oh, man, he's going to be good. Bantamweight division, we have Victor Hugo taking on Eduardo Torres Cott. And in the main event, you have Murtaza Talha taking on Rodolfo Bellato. And Rodolfo Bellato, this will be his second time in the Contender Series. Last time, he actually lost to Vitor Petrino. If no one knows who Vitor Petrino is, he's actually 2-0 in the UFC. He debuted this year and is 9-0 currently. So keep your, uh, keep your ears open for that name, Vitor Petrino. But yeah, next weekend's Contender Series should be fun. Hopefully, I'll catch it. But who knows? We shall see. Let's get into our um, predictions for week number four of the NFL. I mean, going to be another fun week. And hopefully the Vikings can bounce back if the Lions beat the Packers or if the Packers beat the Lions on Thursday Night Football. They'll either team, either way, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's a draw because... Whoever wins will already have a three-game minimum advantage over the Vikings, and we do not need it to 
go any higher. But yes, we kick off Thursday Night Football with the Lions at the Packers. Should be a good matchup. Uh, to, I always like watching the divisional rivals tear each other apart. Well, I have no involvement as a Vikings fan. But uh, I'm going with the Lions. I just, you know, I, I picked the Packers last week and they won. It just didn't feel good. I don't like rooting for the Packers. I'd prefer rooting for the Lions. So I'm going with the Lions over the Packers. Plus, uh, Jared Goff been looking pretty good. Jameer Gibbs could be stepping up this week as well. Falcons at the Jaguars in London. I mean, I just feel the Jaguars always win in London. They're a staple of London. Give me Jacksonville over the Falcons in London. But, hey, Desmond Ritter been looking pretty good. Bajan Robinson been looking pretty good. But we got to go with the Jags. Rams at the Colts. I'm actually going to go with the Colts. I They're just on a little two-game two heater. I feel like beating the Ravens really has their spirits high. And uh, as for the Rams, that Bengals loss was really, really icky. Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua not performing how they did in week two. We'll see if they can bounce back. But I'm going with Anthony Richardson if he's back against the Colts. But hey, Gardner Minshew, he can slick that ball too. And Zach Moss is having a career revival with the Colts. Absolutely crazy stuff there. Speaking of the team that lost to the Colts, Ravens at Browns. This is a tough one. You know, the Ravens and Browns divisional rivals. They always seem to split games. But I think the Ravens beat the Browns at home. I just the Browns are such a such a team that I feel one week they'll be amazing, one week they'll suck. That's just how it's gonna go. But you know what? Like Ravens, Ravens. I'm literally looking at next the next game. But uh, Ravens over Browns is the official prediction. Heading into the next game, Vikings at the Panthers. Both teams are 0 and 3, so someone will be losing the O. Hopefully, unless there's a draw, which would just be really sad, but I'm going with my Vikings, right? I'm picking them every single week. You know it. But truly, I feel like compared to like the Packers, compared to the Eagles, compared to the Chargers, we should be statistically better than the Panthers. I mean, Anthony Dalton offered nothing really to show that our defense should not be able to handle them. I feel like we can tear apart the backfield with our wide receivers. It's just a matter of if we can execute. But I, I do believe we can. I'll go Vikings over Panthers. I don't know, man. We really can't start 0-4. Next up, Bengals, Titans. I'm going Bengals. I mean, Titans are just just an awkward team. I feel like they don't know their identity. As for the Bengals, just kind of starting off rough. Kind of found their footing against the Rams. I feel like this is another step up, upwards for the Bengals in terms of doing well. Buccaneers at the Saints. I'm going with the Saints in this one. They impressed me even though they lost to the Packers in Lambeau. As for the Bucks, I just feel that whatever little two-game start they had is going to start to fizzle out a bit. I think the I think Alvin Kamara's back this week, so we should expect big things from him and the Saints. Next up, what should be game of the week, Dolphins at Bills. This is going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, the excellent defense of both teams, the excellent offense of both teams. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I just feel their offense is better and that they can negate the good Bills defense. But uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm going with the Dolphins in another divisional matchup here. So many on this uh, on this Sunday, which uh, hopefully I'll be functioning to watch these games, if you know what I'm saying. 21st will probably take a lot out of me. Next up, Commanders at Eagles. You know, they always seem to – Commanders always seem to steal one over the Eagles. But Sam Howell, man, just – Oh my gosh, he had one good juke move, and I was um I was with actually with uh, Jaden, who was on the podcast uh, two episodes ago or something, and he said like, oh I gotta sign Sam Hall off of waivers and put a waiver claim, 
and the rest of the game, Sam Howell proceeded to throw four interceptions. So, Commanders kind of in a rough spot, and I think the Eagles moved to 4-0. and oh. My big upset pick of the week, there's always a big upset peak, peak, oh my gosh, pick of the week. Uh, I didn't hit last week. I forgot what was, so my week, let me, let me see how my upset picks have done. So week one, analyzing my picks, I think I had, um, I said Bengal, I think Panthers over Falcons, I don't really Bears over, no. Did I even have an upset pick in week number one? Seahawks over Rams. I think my Seahawks over the Rams would have been an upset pick. Um, gosh, I don't know if, oh, I had Giants over, I can't really tell from week one, but all I know is that week two, my upset pick was um, the commander. I don't even know. It's tough to say, but week by week, you pick up on who the upset pick of the week is. And mine's going to be the Texans over the Steelers this week. I think C.J. Stroud is going to have himself a day. Go off. Move the Texans to 2-2. Two and two. We're right. We're right with Houston, baby. Good for them. Uh, as for Steelers, I mean, nothing really bad to say. I'm just picking the Texans. Next up, Raiders at Chargers. I think this Chargers offense is special. They get Austin Eckler back this week. And if Keenan Allen does to the Raiders what he did to the Vikings, they should have no issue dispatching of the Las Vegas Raiders. So, Chargers over Raiders. 49ers, Cardinals. I mean, obviously the Cardinals upset the Cowboys, who had looked super good through the first two games. But 49ers should pick apart the Cardinals. I mean, this 49ers team looking amazing. I, I predict they go to 4-0. They're, they're quite honestly unstoppable. I mean, Brock Purdy's coming out as a star. You got Chris McCaffrey, D.B. Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. It goes on and on and on. The stars don't stop in this defense with uh, Nick Bosa. Joey, Joey Bosa? I think it's, is it Nick or Joey? I can't recall. I think it might be Nick Bosa. I can't remember, but good defensive stars from them. As we head into Patriots-Cowboys, I, what's the Sunday night? I just have a list of the games. I can't really tell which games are, like, Sunday night football or which ones are Monday night because they've been doing double headers on Monday night the last few weeks. Let me just double check real quick because I thought it was the Chiefs and Jets on Sunday Night Football, but uh, I would be correct. So, yes, the Chiefs will be taking on the Jets on Sunday Night Football. But before we get to that, we have the Patriots and the Cowboys, which should be an amazing battle right there. I do think the Cowboys at home get it done, though, against the Patriots. I think the Patriots are uh, going to need some help with uh, Mac Jones. He doesn't really know what's going on. Speaking of the Chiefs and uh, Jets and not knowing what's going on, I think Zach, Zach Wilson is lost. I think Robert Sala is losing trust in his team. We were watching the implosion of the Jets. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was truly holding this team together, and now they're in turmoil. So, I mean, Chiefs going to blow out the Jets in New York. Going to be a sight to see. I wonder if Taylor Swift will be there. Again, I hope she is. Our Monday Night Football game, Seahawks and Giants. I mean, just two staples of Monday Night Football. Tyler Lockett lives for Monday nights. Give him the ball. We're going Seahawks over Giants. Should be an interesting week in week four. Another tell week. I'd say by week five or six, though, we'll get a full read of what to expect the rest of the season. But yet again, week four, we start to learn a bit more about each team. So to recap my picks, we're going with the Lions, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Ravens, the Vikings, the Bengals, the Saints, the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Eagles, Texans, Chargers. Oh my gosh, did I even mention the Broncos and Bears? I think I kind of skimmed over the Broncos and Bears game. Uh, both 0-3. 
going to be a battle of the two worst teams in the league. I'm going with the Broncos now, and I think their offense is better than the Bears' offense personally. But I'm glad I actually said that. Else, I would have missed the missed talking about it. Texans, Chargers, 49ers, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Seahawks. Week four. Whew. I'm just I'm really focused on the Vikings, man. I just it, it, I do not want to go down 0 to four. That would actually kill my whole drive to watch football. At that point, fantasy football wise, let's look at what my uh, team is looking like. Heading into week, uh, what are we in? Four, week four, I just said it. In my Cato Boys League, we got Justin Herbert, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper, Sam Laporta, Mike Evans, some of the stars of my team. Running backs, Miles Sanders and Damian Pierce, probably our weak point. That's a 12-man league. In my six-man league, I mean, I don't even know what to do with my six-man league team. Derrick Henry, I don't even know if I want to start him. I got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Etienne. Kyrene Williams is currently in, but I don't know how he's going to do, personally. The Rams running back, Chris Olave, I think is going to be uh, put in over um, Mike Evans because it's six-man. Debo, Travis Kelsey, Raheem Moster in a six-man league. Should be interesting. Chiefs D, Jay Moody. Should be good. My 10-man, $20 buy-in league. Um, I'm benching Trevor Lawrence this week, guys. I, I got to do it, man. He's looked terrible. We're going with Jared Goff as our starting quarterback. Chris McCaffrey running back. Raheem Mostar running back. Mari Cooper and Cortland Sutton taking over wide receiver positions. Hunter Henry, our tight end. Joe Mixon in the flex. I could either start Joe Mixon, Tutu Atwell, Jerome Ford, but I'm pretty confident with uh, who am I? Joe Mixon. He actually got a touchdown. First touchdown of the season of the season for Joe Mixon in his last game. And in my random league, which I created, 12-man team is 3-0. We got Jalen Hurts. Alexander Madison, Isaiah Pacheco, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, Hunter Henry, Tyler Lockett, Ravens D, T-Bass. Should be an interesting week ahead of us, but but I, I don't know. It's It's been an interesting season. Life's been interesting. You know, it's, it's coming to realization, you know, as I have a podcast where I mainly talk about UFC and NFL, that those aren't the most important things in life, you know. Um, uh, my mom, she actually recently got covid I didn't, even, I didn't even know people were still getting COVID, so hopefully she can recover soon. But, you know, it's, just kinda, it's all about appreciating the small things in life. And, you know, I like to do that. But I also like to watch UFC as much as I'm giving a little spiel right now. I don't know where I'm taking this, but we're, we're UFC Vegas 79, another interesting event. We went 5-0 and on the main card. I mean, oh, my goodness. That's just – they had me super hyped, so – Let's round out this episode. Didn't take as long as I thought. Kind of skimmed over stuff. Didn't really dive in as much as I usually do. But you know what? Not every episode can be a banger. We're still improving. We're a small podcast here. But all right, let's wrap this up. Should be fun. UFC Vegas 79 went down last Saturday. That would have been the 23rd, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We go, Um, I believe I went 3-3 three and three on the prelims. 5-0, and oh, though, on the main card, which was my highlight. We are now 484 and 339 all times. So we were up over 150 almost. Super excited about that. And as for the year for main card predictions, we are 113 and 62. So not to my own horn, doing decent this year, better than past years, I believe. But let's uh, recap all the fights we witnessed. And we'll talk about the rankings, which recently updated. Kicking off the prelims, we had Montserrat Rendon taking on Tamirez Vidal. Um competitive fight um Montezera got the split decision nod she outstruck Tamirez 69 to 60 total strikes were 112 to 78 and she landed three takedowns which is kind of what won her the fight she landed uh two in round two one in round three 
which is what got it done for her. And she was um, super excited to make it into the UFC, super excited to get her first win, so I'm happy for her. She moves to 6-0. and As for Tamir's Vidal, suffering her first UFC loss. Not really much to say about this fight. I mean, women's bantamweight fight kicking off the card. We need more women's bantamweights. Montessori looked pretty decent in this one. Next up, oh my goodness, Mizuki, Hannah Goldie, Mizuki gets it done. That is right, Mizuki, the Japanese fighter, beats Hannah Goldie. It was super exciting. Uh, not really exciting fight, though, but I mean, I'm always happy with uh, fighters that I just randomly watch and win. It always makes you happy. Uh, Hannah Goldie is now 1-4 in, in the UFC. I'd probably cut her. Not, not looking too good. That's for Mizuki. She's now 2-1 in the UFC. And, um, yeah, not much to say in this one. Outstruck Hannah, 55-47. to 47. Significant-wise, total-wise, 83-64. Defense 13 of Hannah Goldie's 14 takedown attempts. And uh, just got it done. 29-28s across the board. Typical female fight to start off the card. We were still getting going. And uh, next up, heavyweight fight. Mohamed Usman versus Jake Coley Air. I was really hoping Usman would knock out Jake. But he didn't. He instead gets a unanimous decision victory. I mean, round one, Jake actually outstruck Usman. was kind of getting the better of him with a little bit of a jab and a little bit of crosses. But round two, you know, Usman comes out. thought the fight was going to be stopped because of an eye poke, but thankfully Jake recovered. Mohamed outstrikes him 36 to 34 significant-wise. And round three, goes to a takedown, lands a takedown, three minutes of control time. Mohamed Usman gets the victory. Mo Usman now, 11-2 professionally, 3-0 in the UFC. As for Jake Collier, that was his fourth straight loss. Get rid of this guy. Get rid of him. I've, I've seen enough of Jake Collier. Mohamed Usman is on the come up. I love him. I say, and plus, he's Kamaru Usman's brother, which is a uh, plus. A plus. It's always fun seeing him uh, in like the corner going over stuff with him. And you're kind of like, oh, that's that's Kamaru Usman. Well, it's way great. By the way, speaking of Usman, Dana White mentioned on the Contender Series. Um, post-show, if you want to call that, press conference, post-press conference, whatever, uh, that Bilal Muhammad has a fight coming up. And if we look at the welterweight rankings, there's only two men ranked above Bilal Muhammad, and that's Colby Covington fighting for the belt in December, and Kamaru Usman. And the next guy down, who Bilal could fight, is number 12, Jack Delnally. And I know he's not going that far down, so I think you may be seeing Bilal Muhammad versus Kamaru Usman coming up soon. Super exciting stuff. Our first finish, you want to call it that? I don't even think you consider this a finish, as Cody Brundage beats Jacob Malkoon by DQ. Just a, another terrible fight. No, I don't even know if we should give it the time of day. I mean, from the get-go, Cody Brundage came out just going crazy, landed a takedown, but then, just like the Cedric Dumas fight, his previous fight where he lost, he was landing a takedown, then we get his back taken, he would end up on the bottom. He's just not a good fighter. Jacob Malkoon ended up on his back, just laying down punches, laying down punches, elbows, elbows, and one elbow hit the back of his head. And dude turned into an actor out of nowhere. He knew he was going to lose the fight, did not want to continue, and Cody Brundage wins by DQ. This now makes him 3-4 and four in the UFC, but I don't even count this as a win for him. I consider this a four-fight losing streak for him. This is Jacob Malkoon's third loss in the UFC. I mean, it's just not really a loss. That's all I'm going to say. I mean... He was getting dominated, gets hit with something that was just, I mean, the, the fight probably could have been stopped at, at any point, but instead the ref calls it. He's like, hey, hey, you can't be doing that, and calls the fight. Just a joke. Just an absolute joke, and I do not plan on uh, rooting for uh, 
Cody Brundage if they bring him back, which I don't think they should. But next up, after four kind of bad fights to start out the night, we had our fight of the night on the prelims. Tim Means versus Andre Fialo, an absolute banger. First off, RIP to Andre Fialo, who's going to be cut from the UFC as he has now been finished in four straight fights. <laughs> Four-fight losing streak. Tough luck for him, but as for Tim Means, he actually snapped a little three-fight losing streak with this victory, and this was an absolute banger, guys. Tim Means getting a round three TKO. Let's, let's start off with round one. Tim Means drops Andre, outstrikes him 44-19 to 19 at a 73% land rate. Minute and 22 seconds of control time for him, too, but man, these two were just swinging. It was bloody. They were both wobbly. It was crazy. Round two. Total strikes, 73 to 32 in favor of Tim Means. Andre landed one takedown for 48 seconds of control time. Tim Means, though, getting the better of him. Then around three kicks off in a minute 15, and Tim Means drops Andre again, and that would do it. So fun. The Dirty Bird Tim Means getting a victory, man. Oh, my gosh. It just brought the mood up. It was super hype, super exciting, and I'm here. I was here for it, man. Tim Means looked great in this one. As for Andre, I don't know what went wrong with Andre. He had he had two fights where he had round one knockouts, and then he proceeded to get finished in rounds two and three multiple times in his next four fights. So, goodbye, Andre Fialo. We'll send you back to Portugal. I think that's where he's from. As for Tim Means, you stay around, Tim. You stay around. You're a fun fighter. I like you, Dirty Bird. That's his nickname. It's a funny nickname. Kicking off, uh, actually, no, our final prelim was Miles Johns versus Dan Argetta. Not much to say here. I mean, Dan Argetta got outstruck in round one, eight to three, significant-wise. Went one for four on takedowns for two minutes and 14 seconds control time. Not much to say there. Round two, both men landing takedowns, both having over a minute of control time. Same thing for round three. This is just a technical grappling fight. Very boring. Miles Johns beats Dan Argetta by unanimous decision. Dan Argetta... Now one two with a no one and two with a no contest in the UFC, the determined is uh, certainly uh, not very hyped at the moment after this loss. But uh, you know, not much to say for Dan. As for Miles Johns, a little two fight win streak for him. He improves to five and two now in the UFC. So good win for Miles Johns in the men's bantamweight division. We'll see what's next for him. But yeah, just a technical fight. Miles Johns out out. MMA's Dan Argetta, but hey, it is what it is. Let's kick off this main card, okay, because this main card was actually super entertaining. We started off Charles Jordan versus Ricardo Ramos, and what do you know? Charles Jordan gets two, gets taken down twice, but the second time, locks in a guillotine choke from bottom guard, submits Ricardo Ramos in three minutes and 12 seconds. Good win for Charles Air Jordan. He's now on a little two-fight win streak. As for Ricardo Ramos, he's now on a losing streak. I don't know what he is. He's not on a losing streak. He's just gone win-loss, win-loss since 2020. So, anyways, Charles Jordan looking amazing here. I mean, getting it done. Um, what was this? Was this his third submission in the UFC? It was his third submission. Second submission in the UFC. Um, always a fun fighter. Happy to watch Charles perform. Now, as for the... Featherweight rankings, I mean, we have a fight between Edson Barbosa and Sodi Yusuf coming up, uh, main event, October 14th. I would love to see Charles Jordan versus the loser of that fight. Uh, truly, I would. He's a good fighter, and I'm, um, you know, good for Canada. This is a guy you can get on a main card somewhere. It was good, good fight to start off the main card. 
And we kept it rolling. Also, Charles got performance bonus for that. And we kept it rolling with Brian Battle beating AJ Fletcher by round two rear naked chokehold. Brian Battle, absolutely crazy. Now on a little two-fight win streak, two-fight finish streak. As for AJ Fletcher, he is now one and three in the UFC. Yikes, one-fight losing streak. Um, round one, I mean, just a competitive striking bout might have probably went to Brian. He outstruck him 23 to 18. It was close, though. But round two, Brian landed a takedown. Three and a half minutes of control time. Takes the back, submits him. That's how you do it, Brian. That's how you do it. Watch out, welterweight division. Brian Battle is on the come up. He did call out all the top welterweights. Uh, He called out Hamzat Shmaev, Shafkat Rachmanov, Sean Brady, um, could, who else did he call it? Jack Del Malena, Ian Gary. I would like to see him face the loser of Sean Brady and Calvin Gaslam, maybe even Michael Chiesa, maybe Neil Magny, Kevin Holland. Fun fights like that, but um, be careful who you call out, Brian, because a lot of those guys are good. Uh, good win for Brian, though, here. Happy for him. By the way, winner of season 29 of the Ultimate Fighter. Can't recall. I believe season 29. He was on Team Volk when he fought uh, Team Ortega. So I believe that is 29, now that I'm trying to think correctly. Next up, we had our second and last performance bonus of the night. And I can't believe this rematch was made. Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Warson Gomez. I told y'all this was a must-win for her. And Marina showed out. Oh, my goodness. Round one, outstruck Michelle. 51 to 10 significant-wise. 67 to 13 total strike-wise. I mean, my goodness, 68% land rate. Both women landed a takedown. Marina was looking dominant. Just incredible stuff. Round two. Didn't last very long. Two minutes, 42 seconds. Marina gets gets into mount, starts landing punches, outstrikes her 23 to 3. Crazy stuff. Marina Rodriguez snapping a little two-fight losing streak here with her second finish in the UFC. Yeah, second finish in the UFC. As for Michelle Warson Gomez, this is now four fights lost for her. And in her last seven, one and six. Ugh, time for her to go. Time for her to go indeed. But man, Marina Rodriguez looked amazing here. And when we go to the women's uh, strawweight rankings, um, Marina going to stay at eight. She she has, um, she has a win over the number seven, Mackenzie Dern, and a loss over the number six, Verna Jandroba. But Mackenzie Dern's coming off a big win, so I can understand why they don't move her. Michelle Warson, though, dropping down to the number 14 spot. I'd say we caught her, or we have her facing up and comer, but, man, tough luck for her. As for Marina Rodriguez, I say we have her fight Amanda Lemos. Run that fight back, maybe. Maybe have her fight uh, winner of Fierna Jandroba and Tatiana. I don't even know who, who, who she should fight next, but good win for her. Uh, Rankings-wise, I mean, not really much in the women's. Strawweight, yeah, there's a women's strawweight division it was. Not, nothing much to cover there. Now as we move up to the men's featherweight division, we had a big fight there in the co-main event as Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell took on Dan 50K Ige. And this was, it actually went how you would expect it to go. Bryce Mitchell um, outstrikes Dan 23 to 18 significant-wise, 37 to 32 total-wise. 5 for 15 on takedowns for 7.5 minutes of control time. Bryce actually started out the fight bringing out the Bible, holding it up in front of uh, everyone in front of the cage. I thought that was a super cool moment. And then they asked Dana about it. They are like, Dana, what do you think about this? Do you, do you promote this? And Dana's like, 
you can do whatever you want at my company. We're not like any other freaking things like the NFL and stuff, but there's that. Round one, Bryce goes two for six on takedowns, minute and 56 seconds of control time. Dan was looking kind of decent on the feet, but Bryce getting the better of him. Round two, Dan does outstrike um, Bryce 14 to 13 total, eight to five significant, so not a lot. But uh, Bryce goes one for five on takedowns for two minutes and 30 seconds of control time. Then Bryce ended the fight dominantly. Four, um, four strikes four strikes in the final round for both guys landed. None significant for Danny Gay. He gets dominated for three minutes um, out of uh, on two takedowns, and Bryce gets the 29-28, 29-28, 30-27 unanimous decision. Bryce Mitchell, now an impressive 7-1 in the UFC. Um Following his last to Pira, this was a big win for him. And as for uh, Danny Ike, sadly, the snaps a two-fight winning streak for him. But yeah, good win for Bryce, currently ranked number 10. Um, I would love to see him fight maybe number 7, Calvin Cater. Number 6, Josh Emmett. He could fight number 9, Mozart Evlov. He could fight number 4, Arnold Allen. Any of those fights. And as for Danny Ike, I mean, Charles Jordan is there for him. Leroy Murphy's there for him. Nathaniel Wood. Just an up-and-comer is probably what's next for Danny Ike. But good win for you, Bryce. You crazy cowboy. He, he is a cowboy, actually. He's, he owns a farm and stuff. He is a, He's an interesting fellow, to say the least. And as the main event came up, I was 4-0. The vibes were high. And even though my guy won, it was a sad affair. Matus Gamrat beats Rafael Faziv by um, injury. TKO officially in round two, two minutes in. Matus now on a little two-fight winning streak. Rafael on a two-fight losing streak. Let's talk about round one. Round one was very competitive. Uh, total strikes, um, 16 to 12. They were all significant as well. In favor of Rafael Fazeev, Matus goes 0 for 3 on takedowns. Just 3 seconds of control time, so not much even offering. But then round two, um, Matus, uh, I think Rafael Fazeev tore his ACL, throwing a kick. Matus lands a couple follow-up punches. That was that. Matus Gamrot gets the injury victory. There it goes. That was a TKO for him, so... Hey, he'll take it, but tough luck for Rafael Fazeev. Good win, though, for Matus. I'll give Matus his credit. It did make me happy, and I felt bad cheering against him. So with this, Matus moves from 7 to 6. Rafael falls from 6 to 7. In the men's lightweight rankings, uh, Matus, I think, has a fight next with maybe number 5, Michael Chandler, number 3, Dustin Poirier, guys like that, if they ever do that. As for Rafael Fazeev, he'll be out of here, so all I could theorize is that in that time, maybe Grant Dawson or Dan Hooker by the time he returns. Sad stuff for Rafael Fazeev, but that's the name of the game, man. That's just how it goes. Not much to say rankings-wise about anything else. I mean, Kamaru Usman actually is now ranked number seven in men's um, in the men's pound-for-pound pound rankings. Sean O'Malley is ahead of him at six. And at light uh, heavyweight, Johnny Walker down to seven as Nikita Krylov goes up to six in the men's light heavyweight rankings, even though neither of those guys have fun in a hot minute. So I don't really know what's going on there, but it is what it is. And just like that, we've been through everything I had planned. I mean, went over UFC Vegas 79, Dana White's Contender Series, Episode 8, NFL Week 3, gave my always Week 4 NFL predictions, um, yeah, went over some new fights, but, you know, no surprise topic this episode. That's kind of probably why it's a bit shorter. You know, we finally, I think, are going to have a sub-one-hour episode. <laughs> They've usually been so long, so I'm sure any of my viewers who like shorter uh, videos will be happy with this. Man, still waiting for news on that December 2nd card, if that's going to be in Minnesota. 
The time is a ticking, almost two months away from that. And that's right, almost two months from being done with my uh, first semester of my junior year of college, which is pretty crazy. After this, three semesters, and I'm done. I'm out in the world, which is it's a heavy thought, you know. I'm sure everyone deals with it. But, you know, this has just been such a good year, been such a good semester. I'm just blessed with everything that God's given me, you know. I mean, I saw Jideon actually quit um, quit YouTube over um, his beliefs with God and just wants to be loyal to Jesus Christ. So certainly a big inspiration. Really want to be better, you know, for the community. But, yeah, UFC-wise, that's all I got, man. Um, no fights until October 7th. The October 7th card features Bobby Green versus Grant Dawson in the main event. Also have Joe Pfeiffer taking on Abdul Razaka Hassan, Alex Morono Alex versus Joaquin Buckley, Drew Dober, Ricky Glenn, Felipe Lins, Aikulava, Alexander Hernandez versus Bill Algeo. If this isn't just the most typical, all these guys should be on a fight night card. It, it definitely is. Um, but I mean, after that, you know, then we have another fight night, Yusuf versus Barbosa, October 14th. Then UFC 294, October 21st, the biggest event of the year up to date. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so good. I'm so excited for that card. After that, we take a Halloween weekend off. We're back November 4th with uh, UFC Sao Paulo, Blades versus Almeida. Then uh, following week, it's UFC 295. Then UFC Vegas uh, 82, I believe. And then, yeah, we have um, potentially, I, th- I think they're taking Thanksgiving off. Then the December 2nd card the UFC China card December 9th, and then December 16th, UFC 296 should be the final event of 2023. Wow, the year's flying by. It's been a blast, though. Been a blast. So, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. We recently hit 500 downloads today. It means so much to know that people have been listening to this. I know I have a lot of African viewers. I appreciate it. Kenya, Ghana, Nigeria. I love all of you. I even see I got some couple UK also got some Ireland listeners, of course, everywhere from California to Connecticut across the United States. Shout out to all of you. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening, guys. I um, hope you're surprised with something on this episode. I hope something resonated with you. We'll be back with some more surprise topics next, uh, next week. But, yeah, as for now, have a great weekend. Stay blessed. This is the last time you'll hear from me as a 20-year-old. Have a good one. <laughs>